0: Hey, this is Gaurav Seth from Mogul, where NFTs meet movies. For the cutting edge in NFTs that will also survive the cutting room floor, you got to pay attention to Edge of NFT. Enjoy this episode. Hey there, this is Ethan. And Josh.
1: From Edge of NFT.
2: We had a great time with this episode, our first deep dive into NFTs in the film industry.
1: Jeff couldn't make it, but he'll be back next time. Great session, though. Find out what's next in NFTs and cinema. Today's Spotlight episode is sponsored by Mogul and features Gaurav Seth, the co-chair of Film Financing at Mogul, a global NFT and DeFi platform for film and entertainment. In six months, they have become one of the world's largest NFT platforms. Gaurav has worked for 15 years in corporate finance and investment banking at leading independent investment dealers based in Toronto. During his career, Gorov has worked on over 4 billion dollars of transactions, successfully advising corporate clients on transactions ranging from M&A and restructuring to IPOs, RTOs, and financings. Prior to his career in capital markets, Gorov spent over a decade working in the film and television industry as an entertainment manager and financier. Gorov, welcome to Edge of NFT. It's great to have you here.
0: Oh, great to be here. It's quite the intro.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's exciting to have you. So many different folks have told us we had to get you guys on the show and learn about all the exciting <laughs> stuff you're you're doing. And, you know, I'm an L.A. guy. I've been here for seven years and you can't help but, but get a sense of sort of the changing climate in the film industry. And Ethan and I interact with a lot of folks that are in that industry. So I think your perspective, um, having been one of the first and only folks to really leverage uh, blockchain and NFTs in film so far is going to be really helpful for our listeners and I'm personally really excited to have this conversation.
0: The, yeah, the, totally. And I said so the one thing about LA is that the climate there's pretty consistent. <laughs> that,
2: that is true. That is true. I like
1: just just, just an aside from that, what was it? Oh no, now I'm going to forget his name. David Lynch. David Lynch was doing a daily weather report where he just makes like a like a 5-minute YouTube video. And he lives in LA, of course. And he just goes on and makes a YouTube live. And he just says, it's going to be sunny today, you know, and that's it. And he just <laughs> he just makes the quick video and he gets off. And then he draws a few ping pong, few random ping pong balls from like a bucket and tells you what the number of the day is. Pretty
2: awesome. I tend to open my door and decide, do I wear a hoodie today or no hoodie? That's that's the extent <laughs> of my, uh, my weather preparedness. Well, so- well luckily
1: that that aside was relatively on topic with David Lynch being a famous film director, but we want to talk about mogul here a little bit more and really just start from the beginning here. How
0: did the idea for mogul come about? So I I think the genesis for this platform was really born from, there's a story about how the movie Deadpool got made. And the the crux of it is that Ryan Reynolds had been trying to get Deadpool made for, for many years and all the studios had passed, on getting that movie made, you know, partially because it was an R-rated movie, you know, in the comic book universe. And usually, conventionally, 15 to 24-year-old kids are your target audience. And uh, they said it'd never work. Ryan Reynolds was so compelled to make this movie, he went out and made a trailer and put that trailer online. Fans went nuts and essentially forced the studio's hand to make that movie. And then we all know the success of Deadpool. I'm a big fan of it. And you know, it's done really, really well at the box office. And the idea there is that they were able to democratize the decision-making process on how that film got made by giving power back to the people that consume the content. Usually movies are made the other way around. They'll they'll have people that come up with ideas, script treatments. There'll be some people in an office somewhere that are screening for them. And then they'll decide what they think is or is not commercially viable. And they make that movie. And at the very end of it, they'll do a screen test to audiences. And they'll say, you know, is the ending too harsh? Should we not have killed the dog? People hate dogs dying. (laughs) I'm a big animal fan. So that would not be something I'd like to see in a movie. But, you know, they do those test audiences and they tweak the movie accordingly. Whereas here with Mogul... The point is to leverage blockchain technology to give power back to the fans and let them take place, uh, take part in uh, in the place of those people, where it's a decentralized kind of community that's making decisions on what they want to see, be able to interact with the projects themselves, the cast, give feedback, where you have this loop. And then that way, the people, the creatives that are making this content have an aligned and well-versed audience that, you know, is going to create this network effect, anything that they do. So it's really taking away those intermediaries that are notorious for taking advantage of, of both people, you know, behind the camera and the business people and to even the the fans themselves.
2: Why blockchain? Why not just crowdfunding? I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm curious. Well, with crowdfunding, I talked
0: about that circular loop and I think one of the, the best things that I've really learned through my experience with crypto is that you need to engage, really embrace crypto and utilize you know all the functionality and, and capabilities of it. Having kind of decentralized platform, and we have some technology, uh, quadratic voting, so people can't t- take advantage of the votes, but we're trying to level the playing field and provide that that. Kind of informational like that circular loop where people can take place, earn, and get involved in some of these projects that get made, which you wouldn't have conventionally in a crowdfunding I, right. I, I look at that as very a uh, one way street.
2: yeah, it's more of a transactional relationship and then you have like some engagement and you're updating the the fans but but there's not as much of connectivity tissue to that sort of format is what I'm getting from from what you shared. So I guess that leads to the next question, which is tell us more about Mogul's NFT marketplace that's being launched soon. When's it being launched? And what, what can we expect there in terms of the kinds of NFTs that it may include?
0: Uh, yeah. So we have, uh, aside from our DeFi platform, we're launching this full NFT marketplace targeted towards the entertainment industry. And that's happening mid-September. In conjunction with the launch of our marketplace, we have an NFT Drop, a series of NFTs. Uh, We've collaborated with a company in a film called Reboot Camp, sorry. And they have a number of different, you know, well-known personalities in there. We have Ja Rule, which uh, I'm sure everybody's seen the the Fire Festival documentary. We have... He's uh, all
2: over NFTs, though. That guy loves NFTs.
0: Ja Rule loves NFTs. He became a meme with the entire Fire Festival kind of, you know, phenomenon that happened. Yeah.
2: But but mm-hmm. I think he's trying, he's trying to, he sees the power of NFTs to sort of do the right thing by, by crowd sort of creation and community building. He was on stage um, when the Dino Monks just launched their NFT drop and saw him hanging out with Roman Tyrone, one of our friends that's up and on the show. So anyways, a little bit of a tangent, but you were saying?
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, we have him. We have, we have David Keckner from Anchorman and a few other really great cast. We have a uh, adult film star. named Nikki Anderson, Paul Anderson, that she's also doing an NFT drop. And what we're doing is we're collaborating with the filmmaker to create NFTs out of behind the scenes or or kind of never like deleted scenes from the film, Uh, turning those uh, into NFTs and then building some rewards and experiences for the fans. So uh, there's a premiere taking place at the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard, it's where the Academy Awards and everything take place. And uh, they're doing an event there where all the cast are going to join. Anybody that bids and wins an NFT will actually be able to go there and tend for themselves, meet the cast, interact with them, to make this kind of two D to three D type dimensional experience. So that's uh, pretty interesting, and and even get some of uh, like the, there's some art that was made in the film that we're turning into NFTs, and you know people that bid on those NFTs will be able to get the physical piece as well.
1: That's really great. Yeah. It's like, it's really great to see people, you know, pushing the boundaries and seeing what you can do. I want to dive in even deeper here about how mogul will, will impact some things. You could think of three key elements, right. In the film industry, you got production, distribution, fan participation. Um, how would you say you guys are going to affect each of those elements?
0: So, so starting off is, uh, you know, I, I've had quite a bit of experience you know, and, and, in the film business and on the capital funding side as a banker. And the, you know, the creatives in the industry, it it is very, you know, it's very much a kind of a top-down centralized decision-making process for how films get made, how they get distributed. Hollywood's all about stars. And there's a few people that have a lot of power. And, you know, you have the studios that make their big films, And then you have the independent producers that are trying to make their own projects. So let's take the perspective of an independent producer or a creative from that side. If you're trying to make a film or some type of creative work, and you're trying to raise capital for that project, you're doing it very much in a vacuum. So you don't know what what is and what is not going to do well. You have to build an audience and get distribution Raising capital is difficult because the people on the other side, the investors, have no data points on whether this film will do well or not. They don't know how this film compares to other projects of a similar budget, similar type cast, similar return profile. So by putting this on the blockchain, on our platform where the users can interact, the filmmakers, A, get to tap a global audience of potential investors and participants or or consumers of that content. So you know now that as a producer of of content, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to care about it, that are going to support it with their wallets, and they're going to tell all their friends about it. And that's very powerful because, you know, instead of trying to scrape together capital, making a movie that may or not resonate with audiences, you have a lot more visibility that way. From the other side, from the fans or the consumers of content, There's a lot of stuff that's made for all these streaming platforms. You have Netflix and Amazon and Apple that are just trying to churn content given the way they make money. They make money from subscriber growth and they need to have more and more content. And that content is just getting churned out. And I find myself this kind of paralysis from analysis. I'm, I'm sitting at home trying to watch something and I have no idea what to watch and I'll scroll and scroll and scroll. And I I carry very little about any of these projects. I don't know what's good, what isn't. And it may be on a subject matter, a topic that I don't care about. Whereas uh, as a fan, like with the Deadpool effect, people can actually influence what they want to see get made and really care about it. Then I know if I was involved getting a film made with the filmmakers or you know, the cast or or types of content and be able to interact with this, I'd be a lot more inclined to watch it, tell my friends about it and support it.
1: So yeah, just to follow up there, um, it just reminds me of a lot of the NFT drops that are going on as of late. You know, people are getting a taste for kind of a model that works well. And that is definitely around community, people feeling invested in the project, you know, not just that they spent their money on it, but they want to kind of co-create it and have fun with it. And they're yeah. already engaged and involved. And I could see it. You were working with, you know, static NFTs right now in these communities. So clearly it could work in the film industry like that.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, just it's almost a, it's a more ubiquitous use case in a lot of ways than than these static NFTs really allow. Because, you know, fandom and, and Hollywood have gone together like peanut butter and jelly since since the very beginning. I, I guess the the question for me around the the genres is you're it sounds like you're open-minded to to the whole spectrum, right? Like you talked about everything from, from G-rated to maybe R-rated content that you're doing from a traditional Hollywood sort of rating system. But are you thinking about documentaries and sort of all sorts of different types of late movies and shorts? Like, are you sort of saying? You know, I'm wide open here. Let's just do cool stuff. Or, or where, where do you put the bumpers at this point? So, so I, we are
0: agnostic in terms of what, what we're going to do. But at the same time, we're still a relatively new project. We're trying to disrupt a relatively archaic uh, industry. And the the challenge for us at this point is really trying to define some kind of boundaries on what we are capable of and what actually works for their community. So case in point is we've had some really great projects submitted to us that are not even in script form. Like they might be a five page treatment for a movie and, you know, to get into script development, it could be three years before you get a finished script. I mean, who knows where the industry is going to be there. And crypto is a 24 seven marketplace where people are, community, you know, communities are interacting and engaging from around the world in different time zones to have our community wait for three years for a script to get made and then another year to get a movie made isn't viable for us at this point. And and another thing is if, you know, we obviously want to avoid anything offensive, you know, obviously for obvious purposes and, and, uh, and the other thing would be financial constraints. Like if somebody wanted to make a movie, you know, with Tom Cruise in space, blowing up a whole bunch of stuff and it's going to cost $300 million that's not something that we're able to do at this point. I hope you know that point is very near, and given the way how quickly crypto moves, you know, it could be around the corner. But at this point, we have to put some some boundaries on and kind of what we accept before we put it onto the platform.
1: Well, we got but a great I, idea for a movie when you do, you know, get to that point. That's Tom Cruise Gro- going into actual outer space and maybe even blowing up some. Planets or something? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Maybe you can race
2: Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos. There you go. There you go. Well, the Ethan's one... working on a script, so we'll, he should have it to you within the next few months, at least according to his commitment he gave us about when it's going to be ready. So, um something to look forward to. It's it's on a topic that you never would have expected. So,
0: <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take a wild guess and say it's not about cats and dogs. <laughs> it's not about cats and dogs
1: no no yeah i think i think the it, it, let's just say the film industry is craving the next or first movie about the politics of the piano tuning community and and that's basically where this
0: is coming from so anyways <laughs> uh, i look forward to watching it one one thing i neglected to mention which is important because we did talk about our nft marketplace is you know th- we're we're creating this nft marketplace uh, catered towards the entertainment space. We're doing this series of drops now with these celebrities in this movie. But there's a lot of really cool things that you can do with the NFT space, and you know, it can be everything from IP to static images to motion video to music, whatever that and that may be. And, and I think that poses a really interesting opportunity for the creatives. So traditionally, for a filmmaker or a music artist and you're making content, you have very linear methods to distribute and monetize on that. One of the best examples that I learned about around how you could utilize NFTs is, let's say a filmmaker made an NFT. say you have a filmmaker that has fans online and he's done some stuff, talented, but unknown. Let's say it's George Lucas 25 years ago or 30 years ago. I don't know, 40 years ago. (laughs) And he makes a short film and he needs $100,000 to do it. It'll be really, really tough to get $100,000 to fund a short film that may or not get distributed anywhere. So imagine you, he, you know, that was in the present and we made an NFT, a limited edition NFT for that short film for, you know, a hundred copies or whatever it is. And we sold those and he gets funded and he makes his, his, his project. And then he goes on to do you know Star Wars or some Academy Award. Now, the secondary market for those NFTs for that short film would benefit the users because now there's a much greater bid, there's value. Imagine having the piece first piece of work from George Lucas prior to Star Wars, or you know, the Scorsese before you know The Godfather, or, or any of these types of films. So, in a sense, you're actually helping that filmmaker get to the next level by getting that that short film made. And then as he bears success, so does the community that holds those NFTs. But then back to the filmmaker, instead of having to deal with an intermediary, he could build into the smart contract a royalty for those short films every time they transact. And now he has a revenue stream that's helping him to make more work. And then he's also engaging with the audience and communica- you know, communicating communicating. You know his vision for things, getting feedback from the community, and I think it's a lot more immersive and powerful thing without anybody getting taken advantage of. You hear very often about Hollywood accounting practices being very much opaque in nature. People don't know how the money is being moved moved around. Movies make hundreds of millions of dollars of the bo- at the box office, but fail to click, you know make a profit when it comes down to paying out distributions and royalties and things like that. So. I think blockchain is is very powerful for that.
2: So it's fascinating. So having talked to some directors and producers about what goes into making a movie, I feel like they're miracle workers at the end of the day, oftentimes with ridiculous unknowns thrown at them every every second. I'm sure when you add in blockchain and um, what you're doing, while it brings additional benefits, there's also additional challenges and complexities. Can you talk a little bit about that, what you've run into and in sort of what you're still trying to navigate? It, so I think
0: the first thing that I think is the largest, you know, I don't want to say impediments, but just challenge or friction is really the learning curve. So DeFi, NFTs, crypto, once you're immersed in it, and I can tell you firsthand myself, it's not that complicated, but it looks very complicated for somebody who's not necessarily technical savvy or seeing this for the first time. So most people, the general public, know crypto or blockchain from Bitcoin, or maybe now Ethereum and Dogecoin. And you know, that proliferation of you know, the use case for blockchain has become a lot more apparent in society with companies like Tesla and major institutional investors coming into the space. But for the most part, the average person doesn't know very much about blockchain, crypto, DeFi, NFTs. So we're speaking in a different language. There, A lot of the people that we may be interacting with have been doing the same thing for the last 30 years. So now we need to shift that, disrupt it completely and say, you know, we're going to Uh, Try to take as much off chain stuff and put it on chain and interact with this community. And you're going to use Telegram. What's Telegram? You know, what's Discord? How do you use that? What's this wallet address thing? Oh, you're going to fund the movie. You're going to give me fake internet money. And, you know, like, how do we put that and how do we pay the actors and the union? You know, there's so many different variables that we have to educate these people on before they can really fully embrace it. And I think the success that we've had is that everybody, we've been able to connect with them, show them the tech that we've built and how they can navigate in the ecosystem. And the potential has more than embraced it. But that's very time consuming.
2: Well, right? success breeds success. You've had some victories so far, right? What was the biggest one to date? Well, I mean, we sold $10 million
0: of NFTs you know, at the very launch of our platform several months ago. It must have been back in April. And we had... An NFT drop for a Marvel artist uh, named Rob Pryor and really, really talented guy. You guys have to check him out if you haven't seen him already, but he can paint with like both hands at the same time. It's just like savant like capabilities. And he makes really cool art for all the studios and has a big fan following himself. So, you know, he's joined our advisory team and we did a community funded vote for a painting that he should draw or, or paint, The <laughs> painting he should draw it was for a wolf of wall street painting so the community voted on that and uh, we did a live stream where we had nearly half a million people from around the world through various platforms streaming and watching this event in real time where you know he has a blank white canvas and he creates this wolf of wall street painting we we turned it into an nft and then he burned the physical copy in front of the live audience there so that piece of art it was the first time an artist had burned their own work of art, the physical form, so that it only exists in the blockchain. And then we auctioned it off, and had a winning bid of nearly two hundred thousand dollars U.S. beating some pretty well-known people, you know, Floyd Mayweather and Snoop Dogg. We we beat their NFT drops with the event, and I think the success uh, has in great part to do with Rob's engagement and involvement, talking to the community, interacting with them, educating them on his craft. And his talents having people really appreciate that and get involved in the process and you know that day i think we had several million dollars of volume our token moved i think two or three hundred percent on that day and we had some really great feedback from everybody that was involved his physical art has gone up in value by three to four times or actually it's more i think it's like six to seven times based on his last uh, sale so it's had a profound effect on him and uh, we're, we're working on another NFT collection with him on, uh, like, a Stanley collection, which, which will be very cool.
1: Got to be careful upsetting Snoop Dogg and Floyd Mayweather, though. So just, uh, you know, it, keep on your I, toes there.
0: I'm not saying <laughs> uh, that uh, they weren't successful, but we, uh, we, we have to give kudos to, to Rob.
2: I think there's a Twitter war brewing here,
0: so could be I, I they, I I look s- forward to. I sincerely hope not, because I'm big fans of both of them. <laughs> well, it's always fun. It's a fun. It's, it's all a good fun. Yeah.
1: So just w- what about like partnerships that you guys are working on? Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, future partnerships that uh, maybe in the works here?
0: Yeah. So we, uh, we partnered up with a, a company called Bungalow Media, which uh, is run by a guy named Phil Goldstein He's won an Academy Award and Emmy, uh, Emmy Award. They've done tons of films. So we're working on a couple of things with them. The first film vote that we had, our showcase Terminal Station was the film that won and is going to be produced by their studio. So that's exciting. We have the uh, Stan Lee collection that I mentioned with Rob Pryor. That's going to be coming up after the uh, Reboot Camp event that we have coming up in September. I mentioned that there's a, a live premiere and an event that anybody that bids on the NFTs and wins them will be able to attend. We're working on a couple of other things with some of the creatives Involved in reboot camp, and then we're also working with a few other artists and musicians on trying uh, to, to create some interesting things. I can't yet announce those, but we have some pretty cool things happening with uh, people on the music side, film and TV side, and art side.
2: Very cool. So this all leads to a question around where does this all go from here for for Mogul over the next few years, like like what's keeping you up at night? What are the sort of uh, aspirations that you have um, beyond the the functionality that is currently available in your ecosystem?
0: For me, the reason that I was really drawn to this project is I think there's an opportunity to make the space better. Better in the sense that there's more transparency for the stakeholders and participants in the industry from the people that are supposed to be getting royalties and distribution to the creatives that may not be able to raise money or get capital for their works of art or, or the content that they want to make, for the investors that are trying to, to participate in the industry without being taken advantage of, from the fans that haven't had a voice and leveling the playing field for them. So I think there's an opportunity to really disrupt and revolutionize the industry as a whole. And with what we're doing, I, n- I know we're the first to do it. We're certainly not going to be the last. I know there's been a few other projects that have popped out that are trying to do similar things. And I I think we're very much welcome to that because, you know, it's a big industry and there's a lot of people that we have to convert to the blockchain and crypto side. And we're we're doing it, you know, one by one organization by organization and our advisory team that we have has been very helpful. We've, we've gotten a lot of inbound people reaching out to us from really well-known people, celebrities that have reached out to us, which has been really cool. And, and and trying to work with them on different projects that we can collaborate on, whether it be on the film side, music side, or even the NFT side. So, you know, really what I see down the road, you know, I can say three to five years out, which is eternity in, in the land of crypto. But I really see the also way the title of get,
1: film. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> eternity in the land of crypto. Is it? Okay.
1: Very cool. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just you, coming up with all kinds of ideas. It, it, it might was, be the Tom Cruise film that we're making.
0: <laughs> so, so somebody's got to coin that uh, off the register of the trademark quickly. Turn that into an NFT. Well,
2: you got a couple uh, of days before this airs. So. Okay, okay <laughs> you perfect.
0: Go. So and I think the way a lot of projects, art and content gets made, I think it's going to start taking place on the blockchain. And right now, A lot of it's off-chain that we have to use an Oracle to bring on. But as the industry gets more immersed and more and more people start using it, more high-profile celebrities, directors, producers, studios, the more and more they start using it, the more stuff we can put on-chain, which means the better for the entire community and all the stakeholders involved, right? Then we don't have to rely on any type of discrepancy or anything that could come up to, to human discretion or error. It, it, like, for instance, we have a partnership with a company called AIOZ that allows us to do distribution on the blockchain. So, you know, that's, that's a game changer for anybody that's trying to distribute a movie. Because one of the biggest problems is collecting. You know, imagine having to collect from 20 different countries around the world, getting paid on time, making sure that the numbers they're giving you are factual and the costs involved, all the marketing that has to be done. You could do this using our partner. At a fraction of the cost, without any of the uncertainty on how you're going to get paid, and having a lot more transparency and ease. And now it's not, you know, something that you you'd have to go to like a Warner Brothers or something or Paramount to get distributed. Like anybody could do that. So the I, barrier to entry.
2: I just thought of another idea. I'm sure it's crossed your mind, but in podcasting you deal with dynamic versus static ads. But you know, let's just say Coca Cola supports one of your one of your projects, but, um, you could do that on a two-year contract and then, um, potentially with this type of experience, you could then switch it over to Pepsi if they buy the contract for the next five years. Right. So there's yeah. this idea of dynamic sponsorship, within movies too, that, um, you know, just came to my head.
0: That's a great, it's a great idea. I'm going to have to take, take a note of it because I hadn't thought about it, but, uh, that's, that's a, it's a really good, a yeah, really, really good application and, and uh, an opportunity there.
1: You guys got to start writing me and Josh into some of these smart contracts around this stuff. That's all. Um, <laughs> so speaking of eternity in the land of crypto, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we do like to kind of get our guest perspective on what's coming next. You know, we talked a lot about the film industry, so I'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas about other other um, areas in the film industry, projects, platforms, either existing or yet to be formed that stand out to you is Maybe game changers would be here in three to five to 10 to eternity in the land of crypto. It, oh,
0: uh, yeah. The, so, so if you look at the film industry, like any other industry that there's a value chain and there's different participants that play along that value chain. So you have, you know, from the film financing side to the production side to the distribution side and each of those different areas of the value chain have uh, application to be disrupted and optimized on the blockchain. So distribution, for instance, right now there's a handful of very large streaming platforms, Disney, Apple, Netflix, etc., that have most of the content. I mean now the, the entire industry has shifted that that films bypass theatrical release, especially now with COVID, and go straight to streaming. And that window is narrowed. So you know I, I mentioned earlier with distribution, Imagine you could actually participate and get rewarded for, for watching content and being able to get a piece of the pie in terms of the advertising revenue, if there was advertising revenue, if you wanted to have re- advertising revenue. I mean, you, you could do so many things where you could reward users for a call to, inaction, a call to action. And right now, the, the way things are set up, it's, it's a one-way street. It's, it's not a two-way street in terms of how things get done you have people in organizations that think this is the way the industry is going to go and they roll out certain initiatives, even the way the entire platforms are set up. It's a one-way street. So, you know, the only thing that we get right now to a certain extent is data collection from our phones, how we browse to determine buying patterns, but it's still not anything that we have a choice in interacting and engaging with. Like our, our own data is being sold and we, don't reap any of the benefits but being able to interact on the blockchain in the crypto community and be able to build smart contracts around certain things whatever it is from product placement as you mentioned to distribution rewarding for streaming for how films get financed how art and music gets distributed you know using nfts to create ancillary forms of revenue so distribution is not the only key i, I think could be very very powerful and, and uh there's just so much potential. I mean, I could go on for hours, but I don't think anybody wants to hear me for hours.
2: <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. Uh, and we'll definitely have to keep this conversation going in the future and um, check in with you on on um, all your adventures. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's certainly an industry that we see as unlimited in its potential like you. So we share that ethos. Um, we'd also love to get to know you as a person. We have a segment called Edge Quick Hitters that does just that. You up for it? I am. Uh, is it have like five seconds to, to respond or I can have a little bit more time? Uh, you know,
1: I'll, I'll give it a rundown. Edge okay. quick hitters okay. are a fun and quick way to get to know you a little bit better. There are 10 questions and we're looking for just a short, single or few word response. But feel free to expand if you get the urge. That, that's, okay. that's the framing there.
2: We don't run any Jeopardy music in the background while you're, <laughs> or you're thinking about your response. So should be okay. OK. All right. So question one. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life?
0: A Sour Ball. You guys remember Sour Balls? Like that? the really, really sour, large candies.
2: Turn your mouth like green or something? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. uh, You
1: know, that's we've had kids candy a few times, of course, that makes sense. But it's also becoming increasingly clear that the candy has to be extreme in some way. Like it's got to like, you know, turn you a weird color or, you know. (laughs) Nobody's mentioned Pop Rocks yet, but that, that's definitely going to uh, happen. That's, pop Rocks
0: came later in life, but uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to date yeah. myself, but I remember actually buying cigarette candies, where you could actually uh, Popeyes, where you could smoke the cigarettes. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. Like, what are you,
0: 70? What's going
2: on? <laughs> no, no. I, I, now that you're saying that, I had those too. So question number two, what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life?
0: I used to collect hockey carts. so I remember selling hockey carts. Is to trade yes. and sell hockey cards, hockey cards, baseball cards. It's the Canadian. Uh, the uh, olden way of uh, collectibles, the old, the old world.
2: That you know that industry Remember is when. booming again. Though I heard something uh, right. about there being like a one-year wait to get your cards marked right now. So it's interesting that that traditional collectibles is coming back as well.
0: Yeah, the uh, OPG and Tops is still around, right? Top Shots
2: for sure.
1: Yeah, we'll be talking to Tops soon. I think. Question number three. What is the most recent thing that you've purchased? Milk for my daughter. (laughs) 3%. (laughs) 3%? I didn't know
2: they had 3%. 3%. 3%. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like 7.25%
0: myself. (laughs) (laughs) My, My wife's actually got me off of milk. So I'm having all the other stuff that can be milk. Oats, nuts, all types of stuff. Excellent. All right. Next question here.
1: On the flip side of that, what is the most recent thing that you sold?
0: It it was crypto. So when uh, we had this uh, dip last week, I ended up selling a bunch of crypto for USDT stable uh, stable coins.
1: Nice. And this is the point where we have to remind uh, the listener that this show is not investment advice. (laughs) No.
2: I would have loved if you said AMC stock, that you wrote the AMC stock up just to reinvest (laughs) it into your company. So question five, what is your most prized possession? It's
0: funny is that uh, as I've gotten older, I've started to care less and less about things. So, you know, it's not a good answer because I, I don't really care about anything really anymore. I used to care about watches and all that stuff. I think probably functionality, like my computer, my laptop, like my entire world lives on the laptop. I'm on it right now. If, uh, if somebody stole it or got, you know, if it broke, it would be bad.
2: Yeah. Very, very practical response. So if I'll you could up. buy, question six, if you could buy anything in the world, digital physical service experience that is currently for sale, what would it be? I'd love to go to space.
0: You know, I mean, I don't have uh, that many billion dollars or any billion dollars uh, yet, but, but I think that's a, an experience that only a few human beings will ever have. And I think being able to go to space and look into like the, the, the abyss and look back, back down on earth would, uh, would be a very cool experience.
1: Yeah, but eventually it's going to be, you know, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos,
0: Tom Cruise, and you, you know, we're putting it all together. (laughs) Hopefully I can hitch a ride with Tom on his uh, his way down there. But I think that would be very cool. All right. uh, Next question.
1: If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Patience.
0: Patience is something that I think I'm even starting to lose a little bit and I see it with my daughter and everything with movies, you know, if you look at old movies, like, you know, there's no running the credits at the very beginning, like the re- the very beginning now in a movie, right? Nobody has patience for that. Like stuff has to blow up. All the stuff has to happen. You know, you consume news and everything and like a line or two. And, you know, that's not the way you consume news. That's not the way, you know, you can really understand, you know, see a great story. Patience. I'm just envisioning,
1: I'm envisioning that period in history where people started to like, what, walk out on movies? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When things got too long, all right, I'm out of here. (laughs) Oh, shoot. We got to make this thing shorter.
0: (laughs) Having a kid now, it's like, nobody can be bored now, right? Because you have your phone or whatever. Remember when I was a kid, you just kind of sit down, you shut up and you'd be bored. Be patient. (laughs) Parents are talking. Nice. Next
1: question on the flip side of the last one. Let's see. If you could eliminate uh, one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? One of my personality traits. I think
0: I tend to overanalyze things. Are you one sure the... you
1: overanalyze things? Are you sure that's your final answer? I mean, what if it was different? Could be, a... <laughs> sorry. Just I, I, just, <laughs>
0: I had
1: that I had
0: that, uh, that. thought process in my head.
1: Is uh, <laughs> this a good answer. I don't know. Maybe I should say something.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, it's good to be diligent and, you know, doing your homework and analyzing things, but, You know, you can get crippled by analyzing things too much.
1: I think the secret is having the good partnerships. You know, I think partnerships where you have, you know, at least two people, one that kind of just wants to get started on things and the other that wants to sit down and drop a plan, put them together. They'll argue sometimes, but you'll probably get a good outcome there.
2: Totally. Well, all right, let's move on to question number nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast?
0: I got this mogul hat on.
2: <laughs> nice, you got a hat.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I like the logo and everything. So uh, you know, I, I put on this collar shirt for this interview. Nice and uh, nice. and this hat. I got I guess kind of post pandemic over the last year and a half. It's been a while since I've worn a collar shirt or anything other than like a ripped t-shirt. <laughs>
2: yeah, totally. Clothing clothing optional these days. <laughs> <And you're on. laughs> What are you going to do after the podcast?
0: I'm going to work on presentation. So uh, I have to sit down and work on a presentation, and then spend some time with my family. But you know, it's uh, it's kind of work, family, eating, and on, on on repeat, rinse and repeat every day.
2: Right on, right on. Well. This was a super fun interview. So glad to have you on Edge of NFT and hope to have you back again at some point in the future. Really excited to see where everything goes with your venture, which is uh, changing the film industry in real time. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and the projects that you're working on?
0: So you can go to mogulproductions.com and there's a lot of information. There's links to our telegram our discord our twitter etc and i think that would probably be the, the best place i always urge anybody that's listening to any podcast or, or any kind of talking head like me is to just do your own homework and use your favorite search engine and just kind of see what you can find and and go through materials that we have on our team what we've done our track records and, and and just even come into the community and hit us up you know we'll respond we're there if you have any questions and I'd love to meet everybody and, and get input, see stuff that we can do better, stuff that we're not doing well enough and give us that feedback because we're, we're a new company. There's lots of iterations to where things are going to be. And, you know, it's a constantly changing, evolving kind of story for us.
2: Amazing. And speaking of uh, joining the community, I believe we're doing a giveaway that entails one all access pass that um, our listeners can can win. What's that all about? So
0: on our platform, our STARS token, which is the the native token to our project, it's used as an in-app currency to be able to interact within our platform. So these all access passes will give community members or or a user the ability to, to get rewards and experiences and giveaways uh, within our platform and anytime we're doing an NFT drop or a feature film if uh, you know there's, there's that event that we have taking place in, in LA around the reboot camp with, with Ja Rule and, and Dave Keckner and the rest of the cast so to be able to go to you know events like that those are some of the types of experiences if we're funding a film you know be able to spend a day on set to meet the stars do a zoom, you know, we offer you know, those types of experiences that make you know the the crypto community experience a lot more three dimensional, and I think that's powerful and, and very cool.
2: That's amazing. That Thank you awesome. so much for, for offering that to the community. And um, we have a lot of listeners in LA, so I'm sure they're going to be excited about competing for that uh, that pass. And if one I'm, of our I'm,
1: listeners in the Philippines gets that, they're going to have a lot of traveling
0: to do. <laughs> well worth the travel, though. I, I mean, I don't know how L.A. is right now. Cause it's been a while, but one of my favorite places, because you have everything. You have the weather, you have the mountains, you have the ocean, you have Vegas. I'm and not. got David Lynch and you've got <laughs> Josh.
1: So, yeah. yeah, can't do much better than that. Awesome stuff. Well, this has been uh, an incredible episode. Uh, Really excited about what you're doing. You know, uh, really proud to be able to get to get to know you a little bit better blazing the trails here. So we've basically reached the outer limit at the Edge of NFTs today. So uh, for the listener, thanks for exploring with us. We've got more space on this starship for adventurers. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey also much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. If you want to co-create Edge of NFT with us, or you got guests you want to see on the episode or questions for the host or guests or an NFT you'd like us to review, drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at at edgeofnft to get in the mix.
0: Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content.